Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome you to another episode of Unfiltered. This one officially go down as episode 217 as we get a chance to go down a lane that I love as a fan and talk some MMA. And our guest today, part of a lineage that's as good as you can possibly get in combat sports, the grandson of Muhammad Ali and a guy who is paving his own name, looking to continue his streak. He's already 4-0 in the PFL, five straight wins by KO or stoppage. And on the 24th of November at the 2023 PFL Championships, on MMA's richest night, he'll be in the showcase bout against Joel Lopez. Biagio Ali Walsh, kind enough to join me here on Unfiltered. Biagio, appreciate this, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it, it's my pleasure, man. I, I was really excited to get a chance to chat with you because your story is fantastic. And one of the things that I love about it is I think people probably hear your name and your pedigree and think, okay, he wanted to be a fighter since he was like three. He must have had boxing gloves forever. And you're a football guy. Like yeah. you're a guy, three star recruit out in Vegas, played in college. How did you get here? Like, how did you deviate? Take me back to kind of where you got in that crossroads and went from football and got into where I assume as a kid, everybody growing up, probably thinking this is where you would end up someday. Yeah. Um, yeah. God's MMA was, you know, I, I never really had an opportunity in college football. You know, I, it was one of those situations where I committed to a staff and that staff had gotten fired before I even know me they didn't really care to know me they um and and usually in this kind of situation they want to use the guys that they recruited so um yeah I remember you know thinking I'm like why, why am I doing this what am I here for I never wanted to go pro in football it was not something that I wanted to do professionally so I kept thinking to myself you know why am I here you know if I have to play football you know I'd rather play at home at UNLV for you know uh, coach Tony Sanchez who was my coach in high school and he was the head coach at UNLV at the time. So um, I thought, you know, if I have to play football, I'd rather just go home, uh, you know, be a hometown hero and, and do well there, you know. So I, I had transferred to UNLV. And again, I, I never had an opportunity to play. You know, I only played maybe a down as a running back. Like, it, I, I never I never got to play that much. So I never had the opportunity after that. I just spiraled into depression. I, I didn't know what to do with my life. I felt like I had no purpose. I didn't like the lifestyle I was going towards. I was going out. I was making dumb decisions. I was hanging with, with uh, the wrong group of people. Um, I was trying to figure out what to do. You know, I was looking into real estate. I was uh, working at Adidas. Um, I was trying to make a purpose out of my life. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, to stay in shape, I was training at Extreme Couture. And what better way to stay in shape than to learn how to fight, right? So I was uh, training at Extreme Couture just to train, you know, just to stay in shape so I don't get overweight <laughs> after football. But um, eventually, you know, I, I started to, to realize that the only thing that excited me in my day was to go train. It was nothing else that excited me. And it started to tell, it started to give me answers. And I said, you know what, I'm only 22 years old. I'm going to just put my all, all my effort and all my energy into MMA and just see how far I can go. You know, I don't want to be 40 years old thinking, would I have been a good fighter? You know, what if, you know, I don't want to, I'm scared of that regret. So I just, I put my all into the sport and, you know, so far so good. I'm still an amateur. I'm still a baby and I'm brand new, but um, I just look to keep learning and get better as a fighter. 
I want to get back to, as we're being joined here by Biagio Ali Walsh, I want to get back to Stream Couture, because obviously, and a great lineage there, but from, you know, currently is Strickland as the champion, Eric Nixick, who's going to be in the corner of Francis Ngannou, and I want to get your thoughts on that, that fight coming up this weekend. If you were betting on those fights or the PFL championship, of course, coming up on the 24th of November, you should do it through Bet Online, your number one source for your betting needs. Latest odds, lines, and matchup reports, baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, and more continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your wagers, live betting, favorite casino and card games. They're all available right from your phone. So get to the website or your mobile device now and get in the action. Use the promo code BELIEVE, it's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I, I want to get into so much fighting, but I, I think I, I can't gloss ahead of what is so important about what you just talked about. I believe, and I'm sure you do the same, that it is important for people to hear athletes and those that they look up to talk about mental health and yes. the vulnerabilities of mental health. Absolutely. I think about in the NBA, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love. I think about most recently, Alex Volkanovsky in your sport, talking about it after his latest loss. Mm -hmm. Take me through when you're sitting there and you're in that, and a lot of people at that age, Biagio College, right? are having all those sorts of things happen to them. Absolutely. Was there guidance from somebody specific? What kind of helped you make the choices to at least get to the gym to train? Because obviously I know that changed your life, but were there people involved who kind of were your support system who helped you along the way in that process? Yeah. You know, um, obviously I'm, I'm super grateful to have the parents that I have. Um, they've supported me in everything that I've done. Um, I would talk to them a lot, but, you know, usually when you're dealing with with um, with some mental health issues, it, you 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 don't know who to go to. You know, uh, you don't know where to go. You know, for me, I always kind of had this. This deep rooted anger, uh, you know, uh, like if you ask my mother, you know, I grew up, I had a uh, an anger issue. I always had an anger issue. I don't know where. It came from uh, maybe it came from my dad because he's Italian and Irish, <laughs> but um, that'll do it to you. That and a lot of good right. food, <laughs> right? So I always had this like this deep fire in me, this deep aggression in me, and I needed an outlet in order to let it out in a healthy way. And um, Extreme Couture was that outlet for me. It was it was a way to go there and let out my frustration. Um, and, you know, when you're frustrated and you're dealing with certain things and, and you're depressed about something, you know, you go hit a heavy bag for, for three rounds or, and you'll feel a whole lot better, you know. So for me, uh, Extreme Couture was that outlet for me. It, and I had, a, I had a lot of built up frustration, especially from football at the time. You know, I wasn't getting any opportunities. I didn't know why I wasn't getting the opportunities I was I was getting. Um, I. I was lost. You know, when I was done playing football, I didn't know what to do. I, I would drink my problems away. I would go out. I'd hang out with wrong people. I'd try starting fights on the street. It, it was a very dark place for me. And um, Extreme Couture helped to give me that light. And um, when I took the sport serious and I just gave it my all, it changed everything for me. It, ch it changed uh, me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know, this sport got me closer with God. I have a great relationship with God. Um, and, um, you know, you, you just got to trust the process. You know, you, I think the best way to overcome anything like that is to have some sort of outlet. Um, and for me, uh, the best outlet was going to the gym. 
you know, I, I want to get into your career and how it's grown. But when you think about your learning lessons and some of the things that you learned growing up, it's hard not to go to, well, you know, you grew up hearing about, I grew up hearing about Muhammad Ali, but he wasn't my grandfather, mm -hmm. right? I, I, to me, there are maybe three or four, you know, people, humans, forget about athletes, that have had any celebrity and used it to the level of greatness that he did beyond even what he did in his boxing career. So we know the kind of person that he was. What kind of things as a kid resonated with you and stick with you that you carry now that you learned from your grandfather? I think the biggest thing was how he treated people. You know, when he would go into restaurants, uh, he would he would go to the he, I think there was a story of him meeting meeting with Bill Clinton at a restaurant and he didn't go straight to see Bill. He actually went into the kitchen and said hi to all the cooks and the workers and everything like that. You know, he never said no to an autograph. He always took pictures. You'll see pictures of, uh, you know, people handing them their, their little kid and he'd hold them up and he'd kiss them on the cheek and. He just spread so much love, and that's why he was called the People's Champ. Is because he was for the people. He stood for the people. He he used his platform of boxing to to help people, you know. Um, and, and that's that's the core reason why I fight. You know, I want to be able to get to a level of success to where I could help a lot of people. You know, I could help those who are suffering with um, uh, with um, mental health or or any kind of adverse or hardship that they're going through. You know, I want to be able to give people that light that's at the end of the tunnel. So, um, and, and my grandfather understood that. And that's what I looked up to him the most is, is how he treated people. And um, in my religion uh, of Islam, you know, we, we believe that, that doing good deeds is a very important thing to do in this life. And it's going to eventually, you know, hopefully lead you to a good place when you die. So my my ultimate goal is to just stack good deeds, treat people well, have a great relationship with God. And the reason why I fight is so that I can use that platform eventually to, to help people. When you have, and we're chatting with Biagio Ali Walsh, when you have Ali in your last name and you walk into a gym, it, with most people, and there are a lot of people with that last name, it would be a joke of, oh, you must be related to Muhammad Ali. And they're like, huh, very funny. And for you, <laughs> no, you are. What, what's the reaction like from fighters that you train with? I mean, do you have people peppering you with questions? And and on the other side, is there, and I wouldn't say like antagonistic, but is there a part of when you fight guys, they want to take you out in a little bit of a different manner even because they want to, they want to hand it to the grandson of Muhammad Ali because yeah. it's some extra badge of courage for them. Are you dealing with that too? Absolutely. Both sides of the coin. You know, uh, there's the antagonist that obviously they want to, you know, rip my head off because of who I'm related to and be able to brag about it to their friends, family, whatever. Um, uh, and th there's, you know, a, a lot of my teammates at the gym, uh, they, they accepted me for who I am. And, and that's what I love is, is people, is the people who accept me for, for me, uh, people who are friends with me before they even know who I'm related to. And I have a lot of teammates that, that didn't even really know, you know, uh, when I first started training and then ended up finding out, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, just having the last name, it puts pressure on you. Um, I think how you deal with the pressure is more important, though. You know, every fighter has pressure. You know, you step into a cage, you step into a ring, 
everybody's watching you, you know, you got your friends and family watching. And so every fighter has pressure, you know, um, obviously I, I might have a, a little bit more because of who I'm related to, but I'm just like any other fighter. And because of what you're doing. I mean, if you were a swimmer, I don't think anybody would say there's more pressure on you. Oh, it would be, that's great. Muhammad Ali was your grandfather. You're in a ring, whether you got the boxing gloves on or the smaller gloves in MMA, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause then it's like, you're in, you're in that yeah. element. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a huge event, and I want to talk about it and talk about this fight because MMA's Richest Night, November 24, 2003, PFL Championships. Got a lot of great fights, including in your weight class at lightweight, Olivier Albon Mercier against Clay Collard. Kayla Harrison is back in action. Uh, Derek Brunson, longtime with the UFC, will make his debut. You're 4-0 in the PFL right now, and you've been on a, a crazy stretch. And I went back and I... I watched the fights and something stood out, not even about the fights, but about your interview after your last fight. I think it was in August when Dan Hardy is talking to you in the smart cage and you won and you had landed a couple of nasty right hands and the ref jumped in. And sometimes this happens where it's either to me, it's always as a fan and I'm not a fighter Biagio, but it's always better early than late, right? For safety. But there's that fine line of when you get in. But for those who didn't see it, ref jumps in a little bit early. That fight was over from where I said. I could say that from, from where I'm watching. But I thought mm-hmm. it, was, it was so interesting how humbling and introspective you were afterwards, even after a big win, uh, apologizing to the crowd for it being stopped early. And I'm just curious, like, what's the mindset in that spot where you're all the adrenaline, you come off of a knockout win, and your mind is framed towards the people who were watching? I just thought that was really cool watching that. Yeah, uh, you know... I'm participating in a sport that's for entertainment. You know, people want to see a good fight. People want to see brawls. They want to see violence. That's what people want to see. And I want to give people that, you know. So, you know, in the moment, too, I thought it. I thought he was out when um, he went down. And the ref probably thought the exact same thing. So we stopped the fight. But when I got on top of him and he was working his way up, I, I thought, oh, well, this was early. So. And I know, you know, as a fan, it's very controversial if a fight stopped early or, you know, so I just wanted to apologize to the fans and say, I'm sorry, I couldn't give you guys three rounds. You know, I know they, they came to see like a brawl and a good fight. And um, I, I wasn't able to do that because of, you know, the, the stoppage. So I just felt bad, you know, because at the end of the day, I just want to give people what they want to see. I want to give them knockouts. I want to give them brawls, uh, violence, you know, that that's what I want to give the people, you know, because I don't want to be a boring fighter. That's, you know, whether whether my opponent gets knocked out or I get knocked out, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as I give people what they want to see, I'm satisfied. When you're at a knockout streak like this and you've got, I think it's five straight wins by stoppage or knockout, right? Four in the PFL. Is there a pressure to do that? How do you, when you're sitting there in the cage on the 24th, how do you measure yourself? And I'm sure this is something you talk about in training too, right? And you learn this with experience, but how do you stay measured to make sure you had to go in for the kill, but to also thinking about gas tank, thinking about not making a mistake and jumping in and all that. How do you manage that when, yeah, there's a little bit of a tag of, okay, if I go watch you fight, you're going to go knock somebody out. How do you kind of play on both sides of that when you walk into a cage? Now? I think, I think uh, just patience too, you know, uh, trusting yourself as well is very important. You know, I, I have power. I definitely have power. Um, I have speed. I have explosiveness. And this is something that I just need to trust in myself. 
And when the time happens, it happens, you know. But in the fight, you know, being patient and just waiting for that perfect opportunity is is when you is when you get the best results. So, um, yeah, and and getting all the experience that I'm getting is just helping me in that department. You know, every time I step into the, the smart cage, I'm getting more and more comfortable. You know, November 24th, I'm going to step in there. I'm going to feel very comfortable and confident, and I'm ready to freaking throw down. You know, that, that's – I love that's that. Of course, you got – and you got to be excited, right? Like, it, I always say this. And it, it's for – and in spending most of my life and career in a couple of decades covering baseball, covering basketball, all athletes – are the same in this respect from what I've learned. And that is you, everyone has nerves. If you don't have nerves, if it's an interview, a first date, a first fight, a first, you know, play at quarterback, then you don't care. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. But if you're not excited about it and the nerves aren't partially from wanting to get the hell in there. And in your case, I mean, my gosh, not something I would do, but we're credit to you. Right. But if you're not doing that, don't you feel like that's part of it? Like you have to, in order to have success, Absolutely. have that enthusiasm to get in there because that's, if you're not having fun, what the hell are you doing it for? Especially you, man. If you're getting smacked around and going back and forth, trying to knock yeah. each other's heads off, you're not enjoying it. Why the hell do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Why, why are you cutting the weight? Why are you doing the diet? Why are you training twice a day, every day with a bunch yep. of killers? Why are you doing that if if you don't enjoy it and you don't love it, right? So, um, yeah, like the, the hard part is training. You know, training, you know, you – you get your ass whooped all the time and stuff like that. And even in a fight, you might get your ass whooped too, but the fight is the fun part that all that training and all the dieting and the weight cutting is to lead up to having fun. Like to go in there. Like I tell myself this too, like as an amateur, I'm still learning, but I tell myself all the time, go in there and just have fun. You know, life is short. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to die. You're going to die. He's going to die. We're all going to die. Right. So, and it's a dark way to look at it, but it helps me. It, it helps me to think on the the right path and focus on what's really important. Yeah, I love that. It was like the, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like you know, Oprah used to hand out, she said, you get a car and you get a car. It's not as fun when you say you're going to die, you're going to die. But I get the point. And, and you've got to live while you're living. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about Joel Lopez, your opponent, because I don't know anything about him. Uh, mm -hmm. 3-0, and oh, uh, you know, clearly, you know, we're – we're talking about another guy who's gaining experience as he goes, as you are through the fights, but as mm -hmm. you watch footage and as you train for him, what stands out about your opponent who will be on the other side in this showcase bout at the PFL championships on the 24th of November? I, th I think the one thing that stands out is he likes to bang. And I like that, you know, I want to go in there with a guy who wants to bang. You know, I feel like my last opponent was a little bit too defensive. Um, but I want to go in there with someone who, who wants to throw and, it's a back and forth kind of battle, you know, um, I think that that's the only thing that I really know about him. You know, I haven't really seen too much footage. I seen his first fight in 2019 he comes out hot and then kind of slows down a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever fought anybody like me, anybody as fast as I am, anybody who's ex is, is explosive as I am, anybody who has the power that I have and he hasn't fought on a stage that I've been fighting at. So um, I don't know too much about him. I'm just getting ready for war, really. I'm, I'm in a fight. You can have a game plan, but if you, the, the game plan doesn't go as planned, you know, you're in a fight. Anything can happen. So I'm just going there ready to for any outcome.
I love that. Uh, you're at, at Extreme Couture, one of the best gyms on the planet. And I hear the, the hitting of the pads in the background. And I think about, you know, not only the guys who train there, but everybody trying to go through there and get some some love and a feel of, of all the learning there. Guys like Aljamain Sterling and others who, you know, travel in and, and come in there. But it's hard not to think about with this weekend. And it, you're such an interesting guy to ask about this. It was one of the first things that I thought about. I was like, I have to ask you about this because – it's been so much of like MMA against boxing and a lot of these, you know, crazy fights with the Pauls and all this other kind of stuff, but never to the level of the, the, the heavyweight champ in the UFC who, I mean, look, he's the lineal heavyweight champ and probably the, the baddest man on the planet in MMA and Francis Naganu. And you've got Tyson Fury, who's the baddest man in boxing, and they're going up against each other this weekend. And of course, Francis is a part of extreme couture. So I know what side you'll be on, but what's, as somebody who understands both, take me through what's the toughest thing for a guy like Francis, who, even though he's a striker, has been a striker in a cage, now going into a ring against Tyson Fury in this matchup coming up on Saturday night? Um, I think MMA striking is completely different than boxing. It's night and day. You know, if you have, as an MMA striker, when you're going against a a pure boxer, you have to think, you know, this guy has been boxing. That's all he knows is, is throwing the hands. He knows the sweet science. So it's, it's hard to, to, um, to learn pure boxing really fast. If, if that makes sense. No, it makes um, sense. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's, it's, it's the, the little, like the small details, right? Which you have a ton of them in MMA, but they're just different. Yeah, it's it's completely different. Like MMA striking, you have a difference in stance. You have yep. a difference in the in the distance because in MMA we're a lot farther away. You got threats of kicks and takedowns. It, boxing, you're a, a lot closer. So it's it's um they're two completely different ways to strike. But uh, you know Tyson Fury's Tyson Fury. He's a pure boxer and he's an amazing boxer. And Francis Naganu has that insane power. So, I mean, you never know. Like, anything I can't can wait. Right. Yeah, I, anything much as chance, man. I I can't wait. Yeah, I can't. It, I, I mean, right? I mean, it's gonna be good theater. I I got a couple more before I let you run. One of the things I wanted to ask you was so so when you are on this side, and I've been doing interviews a long time, you get a lot of times. Nowadays, it's different because when I started doing interviews on TV and radio, we didn't have you know, uh, social medias, you couldn't follow somebody's Instagram, right? And basically like learn about them through that lens. It mm -hmm. would usually be like a manager or an agent or somebody sends you like a list of, you know, little nuggets and things about them. Mm -hmm. Two of the things I can knock off a list I've never seen on information about somebody that I got to ask you about before I let you run that are both fun. <laughs> the first one, I've seen likes like, okay, he loves animals or he loves this. Loves pink frosted donuts? <laughs> what? I like love, there's nothing wrong with pink frosted donuts, but how much does the love for a pink frosted donut have to be that I'm looking at the list of things I got to know about you and I'm finding out about a pink frosted donut. You got to tell me what the hell all that's about. There's Come no on, scale man. to measure my love for pink frosted donuts, especially Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, Oh, I'm you with you on Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, especially it, it, more specifically, it's the ones from Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, I love pink frosted. I, I'm a big donut guy. <laughs> but but pink frosted, like specifically, like so no Robert no chocolate frosted. glazed, no jelly, just pink. You go in, you're getting a dozen pink frosted donuts. It's either 
from Dunkin' Donuts, yes. Yes, from Dunkin' Donuts specifically, which I love. Yeah. Yep. And Krispy Kreme. Okay, fair enough. Krispy which is another, a glaze guy. another uh yeah. Okay. All right. So, so you like I, donuts. I, well, how I does that <laughs> I'm like a cop. <laughs> Because Versace models usually don't eat a lot of donuts. They usually <laughs> are thinking about eating like, you know, cucumbers and very little dressing that's on the side. And they're sitting there and they're watching their weight. I mean, there are many. I, I think you're the only Versace model that I've seen <laughs> MMA fighter because usually you got to worry about your face, bro. Right. Like that's the yeah. first thing. Unless like you're a hand model, which I'm not sure you tell me. And you got to worry about those, too. So, yeah. Tell me how Versace plays into all this, because I got to know that. And do they know about your donut regimen? Because I hope if they see this, they don't go send you a message letting you know, please, to tone it down to at least a couple of weeks, not a, not, not a dozen. Yeah, I, I don't think my agency knew that I ate so many donuts before they booked me with Versace. But, um, yeah, the first time I shot with Versace was in 2020. It was in September 2020. At the time, like like I said, like I was trying to figure out what to do. You know, I, modeling could get me money. You know, so maybe I could do some modeling. So I got booked for a Versace campaign out in uh, Milan, Italy, and I was oh, super grateful. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. I got to meet Donatella. She was super nice. Um, it was uh, it was awesome. I mean, uh, there's beautiful women too. I got to shoot with Arena Shake, and I I think I fell in love with her. Um, <laughs> how'd that go? It was awesome. You shot it your shot. It. Did it not go well? <laughs> no, she's, she's, I think she's married or something. Okay. But, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. But, uh, not a loss then. Nice. Fair enough. <laughs> right. She was super nice and, uh, it was just an amazing experience. Um, just to be able to, I've never been to Italy too. And, yeah. um, my dad's Italian Irish and just to be able to go to Italy for the first time, man, it was, it was an amazing trip. It feels like a dream. I love that. All right, on the way out, how does this play out November 24th at the Anthem, Washington, D.C., in this fight? I know you're going to tell me, and certainly you should feel this way, and I would feel this way watching your fights, that you're going to win your fifth straight in the PFL and continue the streak, but how does the fight go? I think uh, I think it's going to be a back-and-forth brawl, and I'm just going to catch him with my uh, God-given power, and he's going to just go out. Dude, I love it. That simple. Don't eat too many donuts beforehand, though, when you got to cut the weight. To get <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm gonna try not to. Yeah, I'm be careful with that. Dude, I appreciate you so much, man. It was great to get a chance to meet you. I'm definitely going to follow the career and watch you on the 24th. It is MMA's richest night. November 24th at the Anthem in D.C. It is the 2023 PFL Championships. He is Biagio Ali Walsh. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much for being on Unfiltered. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.